0: International Women's Day, we're really focusing on the intersection of women and corporate America, among other things. And I do want to start by zeroing in on women-led small businesses. So we're joined by Nicola Mendelssohn, the Vice President of Global Business at Meta, um, about that very topic. And at Meta, you all examined data for small businesses on Facebook. And you did find that by some metrics, uh, women-led businesses are faring worse at this stage now, more than two years into the pandemic. So why do you think it's happening? What are you all doing to try to support clients in this environment?
1: Yeah, so from a meta perspective, we've actually been surveying small business owners for a number of years now. And we actually have one of the largest surveys of small businesses around the world. And it's been particularly interesting to get the insights through the pandemic, especially what's been happening to women-led SMBs And the recent survey that we saw was that, unfortunately, almost a quarter of US women-led SMB doors were still shut in January, and that was compared to 18% of male-led counterparts. And actually the numbers globally are even worse, because there we've seen that the closure rates for women-led businesses have actually risen 6 percentage points since July 21. And that's compared to little or no change from the male-led businesses. But there is some good news as well, because despite you know being hit hardest by the recent Omicron wave, the findings are showing that women are actually being quite innovative and entrepreneurial and leading the way when it comes to using online tools. And actually over 60% of women-led SMBs report using digital tools to be able to communicate with their customers. And that's compared to just under half uh, when it comes to the men. We're also seeing that more and more women are actually interested in setting up businesses. They're interested interested in entrepreneurship. And we've seen now that 73% of Facebook groups relating to entrepreneurship have actually been created by women. So I think there is some good news in there as well.
0: And, And then talk to me about the relationship between Facebook and those clients and what kind of programs you have to help them improve their presence online, for example.
1: So this is something that we've been working on for a number of years, actually back to 2016. And it's a really long-standing investment that we've had in a program that we call She Means Business. And it's a digital skills training program. I actually launched it back in the UK, and it's now expanded all over the world. So to date, we've now supported over one and a half million women with digital skills training. And there's a whole hub. Uh, if people are interested to go and check it out on fb.com slash she means business hub. It's got great case studies on there, uh, where people can learn about how different business owners have actually gone out, found the customers that matter to them through using different things that you can use on Facebook uh, and on Instagram as well. And this year, actually, one of the things that we do, we speak on a regular basis through research to the women to find out what they need. And this won't come as any surprise to you, Julie, but over and over again women are telling us that there's a gap in their own financial literacy and we know that right because of how much money is you know is lent to women around the world it's nowhere near very very small percentage when it comes to male-led businesses so the new training that we're launching is actually going to help educate women on how to effectively manage their business finances and it's got everything from financial reporting to understanding you know, financial health, p et cetera. So I'm really excited by that. I'm really excited to, to be able to help the women businesses uh, owners that are out there.
0: Um, and certainly I see that in my line of work as well, in terms of women really being hungry for um, that financial literacy. Um, when you look at women-led small businesses on the Facebook platform, how important, give, give us some perspective here, how important small business is to Facebook's business overall?
1: Oh, it's so important to us because small businesses are basically the backbone of every economy uh, around the world. And so we want to be there being able to help uh, support those businesses, especially through the, you know, the trials and tribulations that we've all seen and experienced over the last couple of years. We also see that women-led businesses are often the businesses that are in services where they rely on or, or they thought historically they relied on person to person contact. I'm thinking about the nail bars, the beauty bars, you know, those sorts of businesses, the training. And so many of those businesses actually had to pivot over the last two years. And if they didn't, well, they wouldn't be in existence today. I'm proud of the fact that our platforms have been able to help those businesses, not just to survive, but often thrive. One of the things, I'm a newbie to New York. And so one of the things I wanted to check out was where I was going to get, you know, my nails and Things done, like my, my, my eyebrows. And I discovered a fantastic business called Sonia's eye, you know, brow bar. And she was closed through the pandemic. And so what she did was she turned to Instagram to start to offer up video tutorials to show women how to do their own eyebrows. She created a, a range of products, which you can now buy. And I'm proud to say that my eyebrows today are coming to you <laughs> from Sonia's eyebrow bar. So um, it's just one example. I see so many different examples of how the, you know, the platforms have been able to help uh, businesses around the world. Yeah, I've seen a lot of pivoting on Instagram
0: too of makeup artists, for example, who I know, who are now offering um, tutorials that way. So given that, as you mentioned, there are still a number of businesses that are shuttered post-pandemic. Um, when you're talking to clients, what do you, what do you see the um, recovery trajectory? Do you, I mean, in other words, do you think those businesses are gonna come back?
1: I very much hope so. Um, and you know, one of the things that we're seeing is it's, it's really important to get close to customers, see what, the, what matters to the customers, see what, what things that you can do. I think that you know, the status quo probably has gone from where it was before. So we're now seeing this more hybrid of more and more businesses doing business online, but also we are seeing businesses go back and you know, the high streets around the world opening up as well. But I think some of those patterns that people have learned over the last year in terms of doing digital business, digital commerce, I think are here to stay because it's, it's good for it's good for the business because you can attract customers from, from many different places. And it's good for people that perhaps don't always want to go out onto the high streets. I see so many different examples. You know, I, uh, there's an amazing lady called Courtney Johnson. She's uh, in, in the jewelry business in Atlanta and her business was all in person. It was an in-person event. So, and of course, she wasn't able to go out and carry on doing that through, through the last year. So she spoke to her businesses, she spoke to her customers to see what they were looking for. And actually she's ended up in a little bit of a different business, which is creating selling kits for people to make their own jewelry. And she was actually one of the people that won uh, one of the grants that we gave out to help her with her overhead expenses to develop business in this area. And now her business now is in the business of jewelry making, rather than necessary jewelry selling. So Interesting. I, I think it's about being creative, it's being innovative, it's trying new things, new ways to communicate, especially through uh, video. We're seeing a, a huge explosion of video on our platforms uh, at the moment through our products like Reels. So getting out there and trying to communicate in new and different ways, I think makes the difference as well. Um,
0: speaking of creativity, I wanna talk about your approach to diversity at Facebook, uh, at Meta itself. Um, obviously, you have a number of women in leadership roles at the company, very prominently yourself, of course, CEO Sheryl Sandberg, the chief business officer, uh, Marnie Levine. Um, and your latest diversity report found that 36.7% of the workforce was female, a little under 25% if you look at tech roles specifically. Um, what is Meta doing to tackle those numbers
1: to, to get them higher? So we are doing a huge amount, and this really comes from the top, from Mark and Cheryl. We are a a tech and a data-driven company, so we set KPIs against everything that we want to hit, and that absolutely includes the issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion as well. So the goal that Mark has set for us is to have at least 50% of our workforce that's made up of women globally and underrepresented minorities in the US. We measure it. You had the numbers. You just shared it, so thank you for doing that. And actually, we've been doing this now since 2014, and I'm proud of the fact that we've consistently made progress every single year. I am proud of the fact that we've consistently grown the percentage of women in technical and leadership roles, and, you know, we are seeing the progress, and I am looking forward to the day that maybe you'll invite me back on, Julie, and I'll be able to toast that 50% goal achieved. And it really matters this. I think it really matters for companies to have these goals out there, because Recent research is telling us that one in three women are considering downshifting their career and that's gone down. Um, So it's a third of women now compared to, um, it was a quarter of a women just a couple of years ago. So it's important to us as a company, we're doing a huge amount of work in this area to encourage women to join us, to keep the women that we have to develop their careers. So uh, we're hiring by the way. So if there's any (laughs) women listening out there, we're hiring, send us your CV.
0: All right, the the message is loud and clear out there for everyone. Um, And so while we're talking about these strong, visible women in leadership roles, in particular um, at Meta as well, I think people do think of the company as pretty synonymous with Mark Zuckerberg, who is not a woman, of course. And and I'm curious what you think the female leadership brings that is sort of different than his frame um, to the discourse, to the conversation and how receptive he is to those perspectives.
1: Mark is really uh, receptive to the perspectives because Mark is the CEO of the company. So, all the programs that we have in place come from the CEO. I think what Mark in his heart is about bringing diversity of thought, diversity of people around the table to make sure that we're doing the best job possible uh, from a company perspective to represent the different people um, around the world. So, yeah, it, it very much comes from Mark and it's something that he cares passionately about and it's something that he you know, often talks about when we have our our weekly Q&As with him, Uh, that, yeah, as I said, he does every week. So it's very much top, you know, comes from the top of the company.
0: Um, And sort of looking at women from another perspective, I want to talk about the women who are using the meta platforms for a moment. Um, There are several states that are looking at Instagram in particular, and they're alleging that um, the company is aware that the service can be damaging to young people's mental health, particularly young women's mental health. And I should say, of course, Meta has pushed back forcefully against those allegations, saying the vast majority of, of women who use Instagram it's positive for them. I know it's also not your purview, sort of content regulation, but what are, what are you hearing from advertisers on this front?
1: So, uh, Julie, I, I'm going to join in then the, the people that have spoken before on this issue to say that that is not something that we recognize because the way in which that we approach Everything on all of our platforms, all of them, not just you know Instagram that you asked about, there is with the safety and security of all of the users that are on our platforms. That's what matters most. Young people, all anybody that's coming onto our platforms, that's what we care about. That's why we invest uh, in research to understand how people are using uh, our platforms, and that's why we invest billions of dollars, billions of dollars, five billion in the last year alone, to ensure the safety of people on our platforms. And that's through things like the machine learning that we invest in, the artificial intelligence, and also people, right? We have over 45,000 people that are working in the area of safety, of content, to ensure that the experiences that people have when they come on the platforms are the ones they want, which is, well, we would, you know, maybe to go shopping to the points that we've been talking about earlier, whether it's Sonia's eyebrows or jewelry making kits or the other areas that, you know, people come on for whether it's just to connect with their family and friends, to follow creators. Those are the things that, you know, people are coming on for every day. And in the background, we're making sure that we're working hard to keep them safe.
0: Uh, And this, I think, is is a related, on a related note, um, Meta's engaging in an ongoing battle against misinformation uh, related to the conflict in Ukraine specifically, but of course, more broadly as well. Again, what are you hearing from clients about this issue? What is their level of
1: concern about it? Well, I think everybody uh, around the world watching the events is, is, you know, is thinking about the people there that are affected by it. From, from our side, we, we're taking extensive steps here to ensure the safety of the community and also to support the people who use our services. Um, and, and, you know, obviously in, in Ukraine and around the world as well. So we've done a number of things here. We've established a special operations center. It is working tirelessly around the clock to respond to the activity that you know is across our platform in real time and also obviously continuing to monitor the situation very very closely on the question of misinformation we have taken extensive steps here to fight the spread of misinformation on our services in the region and we do this in a number of different ways we obviously work with outside experts we have our own dedicated teams That includes regional experts who have native native Ukrainian, native Russian speakers. They're on hand to review to address any emerging issues that might happen. And as soon as we become aware of them, then obviously we we respond. We move very quickly to add some safety features. And we put uh, promotions at the top of the feed to let people on the ground know about them. So one of the things that we did was the ability for people to lock their Facebook profiles so that it would stop anybody having the ability to view and search their friends list. We're also giving people more information on what they you know, decide to read, to trust, to share by putting warning labels on content that's related as false. So that's, that, I mean, that's just a few of the things that we're, that we're doing in this area, but we're doing a lot. And as I say, we've got teams working around the clock on this.
0: You know, Nicola, I really want to broaden it out for a second because you've worked at Facebook now, Meta, for what, eight years, I think, nearly eight years. Uh, from an outsider's perspective, as someone who cover has covered the company, it, it seems the company seems to be undergoing perhaps its toughest period since right around the IPO. Um, and I'm curious how it feels from your perspective. I mean, I think the most um, recent earnings report, for example, was the wake-up call to many folks who have invested in the company or just generally who've watched the company. But I, I don't know how it feels to you inside the company. What can you tell me?
1: Look, nobody likes to see the, the company that they work for, the company that they love, um, the company that they're proud to work for being, you know, discussed in the press in the, way, in, the way that they, in the way that we have been. But, you know, I believe in the mission that we have as a company. I believe in, in Mark's vision for the company. I believe in how we take the seriousness with some of the issues that are being discussed. But the reason you know, that the issues are being discussed are serious issues, as we're just talking about now, like uh, the issue in, in Ukraine, is because there, there are people on the ground that use our platforms all over the world. And they do so to connect. You know, The people in Ukraine want to know what's going on in the rest of the world. They're using our platforms to communicate with their families and friends. We're such a, a tighter global community now. And so I, I'm proud of the work that we're doing to give that, that voice to people who perhaps in the past might not have been able to have voice. And you know, we've got our heads down, we're, we're, we're working on it. And um, as I said, you know I'm, I'm proud of the fact that, that we can do that and be able to support the people there at this time.
0: At the same time, I would push back a little bit, a bit finally and just say that certainly it is an enormous company, an enormous number of people using the platform. But I think the issue here is that the growth of Facebook is not what it once was. And as Mark Zuckerberg himself talked about, he talked about the competitive threats from TikTok and the, the need to perhaps get some younger uh, people back on the, the platforms. Um, do you feel optimistic about that, especially as you're the one who's talking to clients and, and trying to, to sell ads on the platform that are appealing to a broad swath of the population?
1: Yeah, I couldn't be more excited or more optimistic about the, the plans that we have in place. And you know, talking to advertisers at the moment, they want to know about how they can grow their businesses. I am absolutely hundred percent confident that we are the best place to help businesses of all sizes. We spoke today a lot about small businesses, but businesses of all sizes to be able to connect with the customers that matter to them and help them grow. And that's because we've got some phenomenal products out there and especially we're seeing this big shift to video, this big shift to shorter content in the form of reels, but the commerce uh, opportunities that we have on our platforms, things like shops, things like business messaging. Well, these are the things that, you know, the conversations that I'm having with clients about where the business is today, but also lots of very exciting conversations about the metaverse and what we all might do together uh, uh, through the partnerships in the future as well. So lots to be excited about.
0: Well, I hope this is just the beginning of our ongoing conversation.
1: Nicola, thank you so
0: much for your time. I really appreciate it. Nicola Mendelsohn, Vice President of Global Business at Meta, thank you.
1: Thank you, Julie.